0: What's up, everybody? It's Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You listen to the Pace Rules podcast. Be sure to follow at Pace Rules
1: on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pace Rules podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers. Coming to you for an emergency episode off the back of Adrian Wojnarowski's uh, Twitter storm this evening, American time during the day, Australian time. That coach Nate Bjorken may be on the outer with the Indiana Pacers. Uh, due to some issues with communication, with relationships, with micromanagement, uh, everyone has had their say. You know, Scott Agnes, friend of the show, has tweeted about it. Jay Michaels tweeted about it. Um, obviously, Woj has an article on ESPN.com right now about Nate Bjorkran's future with the franchise. Um, Justin, I'll, I'll start with you. You uh, you said that you woke up this morning thinking about this as a possibility. Uh, you've willed it into existence. Uh, apparently, we've got a few coaching issues again.
0: Yeah, I literally did. I was going to message you boys this morning saying I've got a feeling Bjorkren might get fired in the offseason. Then I was like, oh, I'm being stupid. I won't message you to and bother you at this hour. <laughs> um, but yeah, big big watch bomb there. It's um, it's really big news. I think the most concerning thing for me, guys, is the comment about building relationships because we meant remember when Kevin Pritchard hired him, he, he mentioned Bjorkman was so good at building relationships with players. And that was his strong point. So to now come out and, you know, hear the reports that it's his biggest weakness. That's the biggest alarm bell to me. Um, and, you know, we all know what Wodge tweets out or reports is, is basically fact. This isn't just some, you know, bleacher report thing. It's come from Wodge. Um, so it means obviously someone in the Pacers organization, player or staff has told him this. Um, if it came from Shans, I probably would have thought it was all the depot still, <laughs> but uh,
1: yeah, interesting times. I, I want to get to that in a minute. Who actually we think potentially leaked the info to Woj, but I'll, Alex, I want to get your thoughts right off the top. Were you surprised by this news? 100%,
2: man. This is the last thing I expected. I, to be fair, I never expect a Woj bomb about the paces because you know, we talk a lot, nothing gets out about the paces really ever. So, firstly, the fact that this happened is incredibly surprising but secondly the timing of all of this is the weirdest part right why is this coming out with eight games to go in the regular season and also you have to think that it comes out a day after we gave up 154 to the washington wizards in regulation so maybe that was the the tipping point if you will for a certain player but you have to think this is back-to-back years now firstly nate McMillan last year reportedly had uh, I guess, an outing or, uh, you know, uh, falling out with the players. And now Bjorken this year, you have to think that maybe it's something in the locker room, don't you?
1: You do. I'm I really, I'm really interested in who could have potentially leaked this. Now, I think we can rule out the front office immediately. We know that ownership, we know that the front office don't leak. Um, they've got a storied history of not going to the media with this sort of stuff. So I think there's, there's two potential, uh, points of, of contention here. One is the assistant coaches. Jay Michael tweeted that, you know, there may be assistant coaches leaving of their own free will or being asked to leave at the end of the season. They they haven't gelled with Nate Bjorkren. So, you know, there, there would be potential cause for those assistant coaches to, to leak to the media. The other are, are you know, disgruntled players. Um, I think, you know, we've spoken about players that have really thrived this season. Karras has had a really good month. Um, Domas has obviously put up big numbers but hasn't look necessarily looked overly happy through the course of the year which has manifested itself with um, his disputes with referees. Um, you know TJ McConnell's been used really well Doug McDermott's been used really well. then you got guys like Aaron Holiday that haven't that haven't got the minutes that they previously have under Nate uh, McMillan. um, you know that haven't got the opportunity that they uh, they potentially had under Nate Mcmillan. Um, even though Aaron Holley had to fight for it. He's really, you know, uh, Nate's been really proving a point with him lately of, uh, you know, bringing him off the bench quite late in the rotation. Justin, original thoughts from yourself when you heard this on where it could have came from?
0: Well, it's a tough one. That's a real tough one. Like, obviously, I'm, you know, across the other side of the world, I only base my things on what I see on TV and reports. And all we can do. Yeah, that's all we can do. That's that's right. And I, I don't know. Um, I don't think any of the starters, the only starter I would say is maybe Brockton because he's taking that leadership role. You know, they... He says he speaks hourly and, you know, he's come in on off days to speak with Bjorker and maybe that relationship is fizzled, uh, possibly. I don't think Miles or, yeah, Domas or Karis LeVert, uh, obviously TJ Warren's not not going to have an issue with anything. He's been injured the whole year. So um, I think the Holiday brothers, there's something there, like you mentioned, the minutes for Aaron Holiday have gone down. Even Justin's played terribly lately, absolutely terribly. Is he, you know, is that, you know cause him some fraction, you know, can he not play his best now? I know he's shooting awful, but, um, yeah, I'd say definitely the holiday brothers, if you had to, you know, make me guess. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a bad time to be an Indiana Pacer fan. And, you know, Pritchard mentioned the other day in the interview, he wants to go back to winning ugly. And I actually agree. Like this, we, we've always had to be more fast paced and put up more points, but it's at the point where paces are absolutely terrible. Like, What was that thing Tony East tweeted out? We've given up like 430 points in our last three or four games. Like just ridiculous. Or three or four losses. Just ridiculous. Like the paces need to change. I hate to say it, but if Nate Bjorkman's moved on at the end of the year, I will respect it because this season's been the worst season I've witnessed in 21 years.
1: Wow. That's that's a massive call. Um, and, And look, I I would struggle to put this season up against the Jim O'Brien years. Those were really, really tough. Um, And it just didn't seem like we had anyone except for Danny Granger. At least this team has more than one good player on the roster. Um, And, you know, we're not being carried by Mike Dunleavy and Troy Murphy on a nightly basis. TJ Ford was on those teams too, wasn't he, Justin?
0: He was. You know what? That team fought, like, even if they lost 80 to 92, that team fought... Granger, you know, did his best. This team's just giving up 140. Westbrook's putting up 20, 20, 20 on us basically. Like it it's the worst season I've ever seen. And I think if you're a longtime Pacer fan, you know the way the Pacers need to win. It's hard-nosed defense. Um, you know, it's a hundred to ninety-two win. This 150 to 138 stuff. Yes, the leagues move towards that, but it's not Pacers basketball. We're not going to win a championship doing it.
1: Yeah, I want to talk about the defence in a second, but I think the last point I want to make on the the leaks and uh, the story that's developed, there was one aspect of the story that intrigued me in, in that it was saying that uh, Nate Bjorkman was making a concerted effort to improve and to get better. That clearly comes from his representation or someone in his camp. Um, I, I don't think... Um, I I think that's clearly, obviously, Woj reaching out to two sides of of the story and getting, uh, I guess, a bit of a rebuttal from his agency or or his representation, someone in his camp to say, look, he's doing the best that he can. He's trying to improve, trying to take on the feedback. He seems like the type of coach, and he has come back and said that it's him. He's put it on himself. Um, He has taken responsibility for the way that this team has played. Um, But to your point, Justin, giving up the second most points in franchise history against the Wizards, even though we scored 140. Uh, much of that was in garbage time when the game was already run and won. And Alex, it's it's really for a, for a franchise that's prided itself on defense for decades, um, it's a really bitter pill to swallow, isn't
2: it? Yeah, it's hard to watch at times, man. It's not like watching the paces, is it? It's like we're watching a different team. And um, I think it was Tony East that tweeted a, a graphic of the stats. And we have like the 25th ranked defense since April 1st. The only teams below us, all teams that are tanking. So they're trying to they're trying to play badly. That's how bad we've been on that end of the floor. And you know, if you watched the game yesterday, we were giving up open three after open three. Then we were giving up another layup, a dunk. it is it, just ridiculous. So, you know, it, it's not paces basketball. And obviously Miles Turner being out, he's your defensive guy. That hurts. But there's no excuse for giving up 154, regardless of who's missing. And you know, obviously a lot of that's on Nate, but some of that's on players as well. We talk a lot about it. Defense is effort sometimes. And it just doesn't look like the players have any, uh, any want or yeah. will, to, will to win right now.
1: Do you know how many points in the paint we gave up against Washington yesterday, uh, Justin?
0: Uh, probably, well, I, don't, I don't know. Tell me.
1: Enlighten me. 96 <laughs> points in the paint. That
0: is, dis- that is disgusting.
1: Honestly.
2: That's terrible.
1: Yeah, I, look the the first the first emotion I have when I see ninety six points in the paint is just is utter disappointment. Um, and and, and I'm, I'm embarrassed and it, about that. It's
0: not like we played a Embiid or Jokic. No, oh. <laughs> it's it's the Wizards. Who have they got Alex Lennon, Rui? Like, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. I, I reckon <laughs> like this reports come out obviously today, like you mentioned, Adam the Wizards game, someone someone's cracked it within the yeah, organization. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it be Pritchard, whoever, Buchanan, a player, someone's cracked it or oh, not, this is embarrassing and the the leaks come out because after the OKC game, it's not going to come out after that when we won by 60-odd. Um, yeah, it's someone's cracked it after yesterday. But yeah, like you mentioned, Alex, such a weird thing eight games after the season. You'd think this would just be, all right, we've got eight games left, probably not going to make the playoffs. Let's, go through it all then um, whether we keep Bjorken or not. But yeah, someone's obviously lost the plot and gone now nah, I'm going public with
1: this. Back, back in, I think it was the 08 or 09 draft. There was a video circulating of Chinese prospect, E. Lien guarded, being guarded by a chair. Um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that chair would have played better defense inside than the Pacers yesterday at 96 points in the paint is disgusting. And, and, you know, I, for all, for all that we've said on this show, there's a guy that you heard five, 10 minutes ago, Miles Turner to intro us in the show. And there's been a lot of, um, a lot of interesting opinion on opinions on miles future in the franchise, but what you are seeing is a window into the future. If miles Turner is traded from the Indiana Pacers, there is a uh, mindset defensively when miles is on the floor where the opposition do not want to try and score in the paint because they know that their shot is, at risk of being challenged, rejected, altered uh, with miles inside. And at the moment we don't have anyone inside to do that. And I think we're also getting a window into what a Domas Sabonis at center team would look like as well. And, you know, defense is, I think, you know, it's it's part coaching and part effort. Um, I would say that we're definitely seeing these reports be a reflection of the coaching of the team and, uh, overall the the you know relationships or lack thereof that Nate Bjorkerin has uh, not managed to build this year alex is also evident in the effort that this teams providing on the defensive end it, it seems like everyone's happy to get their stats everyone's happy to you know pull down boards to score points offensively we're happy to score 130 140 points a game great but how what good is that if you're giving up 150
2: yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. We talk about it. It's effort 90% of the time. Um, we have a few above average defenders, but, you know, you see guys like Damian Lillard the other day, he said, nah, screw this. I'm going to guard Tatum in the fourth quarter. And he held yeah. him to seven points in the second half. Damian Lillard's is not a lockdown defender. He's not, you know, no one is an all NBA defensive guy, but he, he took that challenge because he wanted to win. I, I don't really see anyone on the pages that's like that, that has that mentality. They're too... uh I don't even know how to put it. It's just like there isn't enough effort on that end, as you said. And just going back to Miles Turner quickly, we're in danger of losing the two biggest defensive assets in back-to-back postseasons. You know, you lose Dan Burke last year. I knew that was going to hurt us. And then you might lose Miles Turner this summer. So it's going to be tough.
1: And, you know... I think when you, on the surface as a basketball fan, see that a team struggling on defence, then you automatically assume that they're tired from too much running on offence. Justin, I'm going to ask you again, how many fast break points did the Pacers score against the Wizards yesterday?
0: Oh, well, I'm assuming it's going to be pretty low. What, we'll say, 28?
1: Four. <laughs> Four fast break points. So you cannot, this is my point, you cannot say that the Pacers were running too hard on offense, running the fast break and therefore couldn't get back on defense. You can't use that as an argument. You also can't say that they didn't have a big out there. They had an all-star big out there. They gave up 96 points in the paint and they only had four fast break points. Effort, effort, effort. Alex, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It, it, you you cannot see, say that this franchise is trying very hard right now and that is a absolute reflection on the players but ultimately the person responsible will be the coach won't it
2: yep and I think this goes back to you remember the uh, you you only have to look back about a month Karis LeVert had that quote after another loss where he was talking about how no one was celebrating with their teammates right no one was celebrating for good plays if there was a dunk everyone was just like yeah all right next player right I think it goes back to that and there's been reports that since the trade deadline, the locker room just hasn't been the same. And that's what everyone seems to be saying who has inside information. So uh, it's tough to watch. And it reminds me a lot of the 2017 season. I think I remember Kevin Serafin talking about how once all the rumors about Paul George started circulating, that locker room was done, right? This reminds me a lot of that season.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is a far cry from about two or three years ago when Corey Joseph went careering into the uh, front row of the press photography mm. and four players ran over to him to try and pick him up. I mean, yeah. that is the Pacers team that we remember. That's the Pacers team that we love, that play for each other, that play hard on both ends and that you want, you want the opposition to look at them on your schedule and have their reaction be that um, famous clip of when LeBron sees Kawhi Leonard come back into the game. You, you <laughs> want to see, the, the opposition team be really at pains to pay the place pay the play play the paces that's really hard to say <laughs> um but you really want the opposition to to care and to be disappointed that they have to play the paces you want to be a difficult out but not be you know the seventh eighth seed i, I think we've gone too far into the the territory of the easy beats justin i mean it's it's quite stark how far this franchise has fallen in the space of a couple of months and some key injuries.
0: Yeah, I mean, the New York Knicks have a brighter future than the Pacers right now, which has got to hurt every Pacer fan worldwide. Um, It's just tough. Alex, you mentioned like the locker room issues and that's surprising to see. I I felt like earlier in the season, it was a lot to do with the Oladipo situation. That was kind of Hurting the locker room with Willie resigned. Oh, should we just trade him? And then all the beef him and his sister with Miles had, all that stuff. So I thought once all the depot was traded, all right, cool, clean slate. Let's get this season underway uh, and build on the next few years. But that wasn't the issue at all. It looks like it. They look like they don't even kind of get along. Um, Some people are out there just trying to put up stats. I feel like a lot of them are just looking at the box score um, and happy. And I'm not going to single anyone out. Like Domas the other day, what, nearly got 30, 20, 10 or something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, And I feel like deep down he might be okay with that. Like, oh, man, I dominated. It's like, well, no, we didn't win. We've had a terrible year. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of issues with this team right now. We've mentioned it for weeks and weeks. We actually called out Nate Bjorker in the other week saying, geez, he's had a tough year, hasn't he? Um, So we we were kind of weeks in front of it. Um, But I I definitely feel like now this team will not have the same starting lineup next year. You can nearly book it. You you can't be Kevin Pritchard, right? Two seasons in a row, keep the starters and fire two coaches. Don't make sense, does it?
1: It doesn't. And, you know, Alex, I, I... We've spoken about who will get traded. I'm not going to run into that conversation again. We've covered it ad nauseum. But, I mean, do you see Nate Bjorkman as the coach of the Indiana Pacers next season mm-hmm. in these reports? Oh, Good question.
2: Tough. Oh, man. I, I think that he will get another chance with a new roster next season. But I'll, I'll, what about you, Justin?
0: Oh, jeez. Uh I'm the same as you. The Jay Michael tweet kind of made me go, geez, you know, they said it's not tenuous to continue. Um, If I gun to my head, I'll say yet one more season because, geez, it would be harsh to fire him now, but I will respect the Indiana Pacers if they let him go for what's, for me personally, the worst season I've ever witnessed.
1: Yeah, I think he's gone. I um I personally don't think the franchise can continue amid these reports amid the locker room dissension. I think we're going to see both. We're going to see um, turnover with the roster, and we're also going to see turnover uh, on the bench um, with the coaches. Uh, I think it won't just be Nate Bjorker, and it will be um, potentially the majority of the coaches will. It'll just be starting a fresh next season. Uh, I don't Sorry, think.
0: So, let, let me throw something to you real quick, Adam. Friend of the show, we love him, but is this this hire?s On Kevin Pritchard, right? He said it was. Yeah. So when when does he take responsibility for this hire?
1: Yeah, I, I think um, it's really tough because I think Kevin Pritchard's done a great job with what he has. I he can't spend a lot of money, and yet he's been able to assemble a pretty good roster with not a lot of money. He's been able to get. Domas for an extension well below his market value and miles for an extension well below his market value. The Brogdon signing hasn't worked out, it just hasn't so far. Um, The Warren trade was brilliant. So in terms of roster management, you can't really fault the moves that he has made with what he has at all. However, um, when you hire a coach and then the season goes this poorly, even with the injuries, when you, I guess are left with a depleted roster and yet you still don't have effort for guys that are, you know, auditioning for their futures. Um, You know, I I think you have to take responsibility and accountability for that. Do I think it will cost Kevin Pritchard his job? No, I don't think it will. I think um, they'll be prepared to call a mulligan on the coaching staff and say, look, we we got it wrong. We need a different voice in the locker room. We'll get a different coach. We'll make some uh, slight moves to the starting lineup and then we'll go again and Kevin Pritchard can have a last chance. I think he's earned another chance um, with the moves that he's made. Um, but I don't think Nate Bjorkman has, and that's harsh. Absolutely. But this is, this is a, 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 wins league. This is a, you know, this is a franchise that values winning that, that wants to to finish in the playoffs every season. They won't take this losing very, very well. You could have used injuries as an excuse, but how we've lost, I think, will end up being the thing that potentially uh, causes there to be a change on the coach's bench. Do I think that's fair? No, I, I don't think it is because of the the tumultuous year that the team has had. Um, but I, do I think it will happen? Yes. I, I think there'll be a fall guy.
0: Well, uh, yeah, that's really well said Adam and Alex, I, I reckon you might agree with me on this one. I think, the, the From Herb Simon's point of view, if they do let Nate Bjorkman go, I honestly think fans or no fans, this home record they've had standing for 30 years, I think that means a lot to them. Being over 500 for 30-odd years or whatever, I think this season for them failing it, yeah? questions have been asked saying, hey, we've had a good home record for 30 years. Why is this year different? What do you reckon, Alex?
2: Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, you know, the Pacers are one of those organizations, aren't they, that really uh, try to hone in on those types of the goals, I guess you will, like making the playoffs. They want to make the playoffs every year, uh, whether it's the eight seed or the four seed, it doesn't matter, right? And you're right, yeah, winning record at home is a big deal, even with COVID, even with limited fans. What are we like? I think we have one of the worst home records in all in the entire league. Like, I think we have a bottom four, or three home record. So I think that's going to weigh on them heavy. And I, I just want to leave this out to you guys. Obviously, we're probably going to wrap it up soon, but what are what are some names you would like to see if Bjorken does get uh, the chop, if you will, after this offseason? What what are the names you want to see come up in, in Pace's coaching rumors?
1: I think we have to go with the next player with some respect. I think Chauncey Billups was was a clear choice. A year ago, we all wanted Chauncey Billups to, to be on this bench, and we wanted a guy that has the respect of both young and old players in the league to end up on our bench, um, I think we have to go down that route. I mean, you look at, obviously, you know, 20 years ago, Larry Bird came to the, uh, to the bench and, and coached us to a, an Eastern Conference Finals and NBA Finals. So um, I think we've had success previously with ex-players and we need to probably try that again. We need to get someone who understands the culture of building an NBA basketball team Um, and we need someone who can immediately command respect and put their imprint on this team and uh, make sure that that we're aware of exactly where we're going. Justin?
0: Yeah. Yeah, well said. Geez, it feels like we were just talking about this like six weeks ago, didn't it, when we had the coaches and uh, everything like that. It feels like we're back at it now, but, um, oh, look, I'm not too sure. Like, can you go with someone unproven who hasn't been a coach before? Because it just backfired on us now, didn't it, at this stage? so. Um, you I'd nearly be looking for someone more experienced. Um, I'm just gonna throw out there, I know it's not gonna happen, but it was the last time I was kinda happy being a Pacer fan, and that was Frank Vogel. So uh maybe he's won his championship and he wants to do a LeBron and uh come home to Indiana. Um I did that in quotation marks for anyone listening on Spotify. Um and bring an Indiana a championship, because I'd love that.
1: We'd be remiss if we didn't mention one more candidate that might come home to Indiana in the minds of Indiana fans. I think this is gaining traction. It's going to gain a lot of traction over the next couple of uh, couple of months. He turned down, I think, seven years at Indiana University, and that's Brad Stevens. Um, you nice. know, it's going to be the, – the jungle drums are going to be beating for uh, Brad Stevens to return uh, in an NBA capacity to Indiana. But uh, Brad said that he's really committed to the Celtics team – the Celtics may want to make a coaching change with how badly they've played this season. Um, Alex, uh, short answer: Would you like Brad Stevens to be the Indiana Pacers coach one day?
2: Absolutely, yes. We're we're, we're playing chess here, not checkers, mate. That was the plan all along. <laughs> uh, get him to turn down the IU deal and then come come coach the Pacers and win us the championship. So yes,
0: Justin. Oh, for sure. You you you'd do anything to get Brad Stevens uh, a Pacers head coach. You you throw the kitchen sink, um, but. Yeah, you and know, if that means we have to deal with Danny Ainge and all, it's not happening. <laughs>
1: what if, what if we had to also sign Cody Zeller, Justin?
0: Yeah, oh, well, I'm sure that might happen next year. That'll be our big free agent signing next year. At this point, but um, I that yeah, is, uh, uh, don't do it. Let's let's all just rejoice. We're three fans. Let's hope some good news. Being a Pacer fan, how like we've started this podcast and had nonstop pain. I don't think we've been happy one episode. <laughs>
1: That's true. It, it was very, very early on in our career that uh, Brogdon was like playing at an all-star level, and Domas and Brogdon's pick and rolls were uh, unstoppable. And then it all just fell apart slowly. And then TJ Warren popped up and scored fifty-three, and then it just all fell apart again. So yeah. we've got to we've got to get a light at the end of the tunnel soon. We might have some big, big Pacers news for you guys coming up very soon. Uh, it's been a pleasure to be with you again for this emergency podcast, and we will come to you. Uh, again, with some big news on the Pacer Rose. Thanks for listening.